Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. I am Scott Green and very excited for this episode, which is episode number 11. We are going to be chatting Miami Marlins and San Diego Padres prospects. Jake Berry and I had the pleasure to sit down with our resident Marlins correspondent, Stoffer Cochran, and we chatted all about his recent Miami Marlins top 50 prospects that came out earlier this month. I personally was really excited to hear what he had to say about uh, draft pick J.J. Blade, uh, Cameron Meisner, and then also one of the players that dropped a little bit in his rankings, but a lot of people are really high on, and that's pitcher Nick Neidert. Uh, some of the other guys that I really like further down on his rankings um, are some uh, high-profile relievers, Tommy Eveld and Alex Vesia. Alex Vesia was one of our 2019 relief pitcher uh, prospect of the year nominees. So we're going to get into those those guys. And then Jake and I also chatted with Alex Sanchez. And Alex is one of our two Padres minor league correspondents. And oh man, what can you say about this Padres minor league system? It's one of the most exciting in all of baseball. Amazing talent, not just with their top draft pick from this past year, C.J. Abrams, who we will chat about, but I really was uh, looking forward to hearing what Alex and Jake had to do, had to say about uh, catcher Luis Campusano, Hudson Head, another one of their 2019 uh, draft picks, and a lot of their J2 international signings from the last couple of years are getting a lot of helium in the industry, and there's a lot of excitement with these young players. So I'm not going to say any more. Let's get right into this uh, podcast and talk Marlins and Padres top 50 prospects. We'll start with that right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Futures Focus, the Prospects 1500 podcast. Scott Green along with Jake Berry. Jake, are you ready to talk some Marlins and Padres top 50s? I'm ready to do it. Two pretty strong systems right there. They've got a great episode in store. Awesome. So we are going to bring on Stoffer Cochran. He is our Marlins correspondent for Prospects 1500. Dropped his brand new top 50 prospects for Miami uh, back uh, on the 3rd of January, at the beginning of the month. And uh, Stopper, welcome to the show. Welcome to Futures Focus. Um, you excited to talk about this system? I'm excited. Thanks for having me on tonight so I can uh, talk about this wonderful system that's really done a huge turnaround the last couple of years. Awesome. So before we dive into that, let everyone know, uh, you know, where you're from, you know, uh, what you do, uh, your, your favorite teams, a little bit of the who, what, when, where, why, and how. All right. I'm, uh, I'm living in Jacksonville, Florida right now, and I uh, get to go to quite a few Jumbo Shrimp games. Uh, I love covering the Marlins because I get the local access to a lot of these young kids when they're coming up, and you get to see them before they really make a name for themselves, especially here at AA. I get to see a lot of kids come through here. Um, currently, uh, my day job keeps me away from baseball more than I like. Uh, I'm a product management consultant for an insurance company, so that pays the bills, but hoping one day we can morph uh, baseball into some time of full-time living. A, a lot of us would like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, 
awesome to have you on. I really appreciate you putting in the work, um, you know, a couple times a year for these top 50s. You know, the new one in January, we usually do a mid-season update sometime July, August. So, uh, Jake, you want to start? You want to you kind of hop in and look at his top 10 first? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we'll kind of drill down and, and ask about some specific players and things here first. But, Stoffer, I think really the thing that jumped out to me pretty quick was there's no Marlins prospects in Tier 1 as of right now. And I'm kind of curious to know uh, your thought process, especially on Sixto. I'm in agreement. He's probably the number one prospect in the system there. So really my first question, we're going to start at the top with number one, is uh, did you have some doubts about not putting six six though into tier one and, and maybe how close is he to, to be in there? Uh, when I really look at the guidelines for what a tier one player is on these rankings, it's a player with high expectations of both making the majors, which I know he'll do, and playing at an all-star level for several years. That I'm not 100% sold on. He's uh, only 21 years old. The real question mark came in with the K rate, and he jumped in the second half of the season, but I'd still like to see a little bit more of that before I anoint him a future perennial all-star. And that's great because literally my next question was, you know, all the write-ups that I read about Six, though, I was going to ask you if there's any weaknesses to his game, and, and you just pointed that out there. It might be the K rate. So, well, you know, you talk about, I think you mentioned briefly that we might see him sooner rather than later in Miami. Um, so my next question for you on six, though, is do we see him as a starter? First off, do we see him this year in Miami? Second off, do we see him as a starter, or does he get his toes wet as a reliever? That That's a good question. I, I If we see him this year, it would be after the All-Star break, I would assume. I think they want to season him a little bit down the minors, and depending on his innings, that they're trying to you know do a little bit of watch on for these starters nowadays. Uh, if he does come up, and I'm, I'm guessing it'll be after the All-Star break and probably in the September call-ups, and it might be for a few relief innings. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they'd want to start the service clock on him then. So that's where it gets a little tricky, especially if we think he is what he's going to be, what we think he's going to be. So, Yeah, absolutely. And then, Scott, before we jump around, you got anything else on Sixto? Well, not necessarily Sixto, but, you know, not having Sixto in Tier 1, I'm totally cool with that. But looking at Stoffer's Tier 2, this is the, these are players that we think will uh, have an above-average expectation of making the majors and being solid contributors, and he has nine players in yeah. Tier 2. And, and a lot of these guys are studs. So I just wanted to point that out. I mean, we don't have anyone in Tier 1, but we got a lot of Tier 2, and that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we just move on to J.J. Blade there, then. The the prize draft pick, as Stoffer says. Stoffer, you say he can he can move fast through the system, right? Uh, what what are your expectations for his, for his ETA there? Uh, came in as a redshirt junior so he's what 22 years old and he should get to double a by the end of this year if his back carries and we're looking at september 2021 maybe yeah. summer of 2022 yeah that's uh, fast it is fast but we're looking at 24 years old by then and if the constant improvement he's made in his bat from college to the wood bats in the cape cod league to if he can transition that into the system here that the Miami's got going on, he could come up quick and probably right field, left field, maybe first base. I, defense might be the question mark, but I think the bat's going to carry. Sure. So offensively, I know he's not a great runner. Maybe speaking just strictly with the bat, is the, I know he's got the power. Uh, we've seen the swing plane. Um, is there going to be some swing and miss risk, or is the hit tool already where it needs to be for Bladet? Oh, I think when you start showing some uh, some guys with some some pitches other than a fastball, I think you're going to get into a little bit of trouble there, and that's what he's going to have to overcome to make that jump. Yeah, great. That's great insight. Scott, I'm going to let you, if you want to touch on jazz, I'm, I'm on record as not being the biggest jazz Chisholm guy in the world. So if you've got, if you want to touch on jazz real quick, go ahead and step in. Yeah. Well, the next three that Stopper has on his list, uh, kind of, I'd like to group together here, jazz Chisholm, Jesus Sanchez, Edward Cabrera, um, three, four, five, 
Uh, definitely tier two players here. I loved the trade for Miami when they acquired Chisholm. I liked the trade for Miami when they acquired Sanchez. Um, I think uh, with uh, Jazz having uh, been in double A and uh, Sanchez having been in triple A last year, uh, this is definitely the year we should see Sanchez in the majors. Uh, I think Jazz might still need another full year in the minors, but uh, Stoffer, your thoughts on on those two bats and then Edward Cabrera, I love. So just for reference, Sanchez and Chisholm are 22, 21 years old. Um, I still think another year down there wouldn't hurt them at all with the signing of Corey Dickerson, the man left field. Mm-hmm. That makes the outfield a little crowded if one of my other top tier two guys makes his debut this year, Monty Harrison. Right. A little bit, little bit older of a prospect, a lot of swing and miss stuff to his game, but I think that can, might, keep, might keep Sanchez down if he struggles with the bat coming out of the gate. Okay. Um, shortstop, unless there's an injury, I don't see them rushing Jazz. He, uh, he, they bought when he was down, so that was a good trade. Mm-hmm. Then he came over and he was hot, so they're going to want to get a good look at him at double A, I believe. That's what I thought. That's why I said at least another year. Yeah. Uh, the minors for Chisholm. Yeah. And uh, then you've got your, um, you know, highest level double A last year for Eduard Cabrera. Um, 96 and two thirds innings, 116 strikeouts. Uh, whip a little over two. I'm sorry. Whip a little under one. ERA a little over two. And, um, you know, thoughts on him? Uh, I think he's under the 100 inning mark and i think this year he should get to about 130 between double a and triple a and maybe a late season call up for the pin but i think they got something special in him i he wasn't heralded coming in but the more and more you look at his numbers and you get a just a view of some of the pitches he's making out there he's looking really sharp yeah i agree so to round out your top 10 uh we have number six trevor rogers Number seven, uh, you had mentioned Monty Harrison, outfielder, had been in AAA last year, could get the call uh, here in 2020. Braxton Garrett, the left-hander, number eight. Uh, the draft pick, uh, Cameron Misner, outfielder, number nine. And then the beginning of your tier three at number 10, we have Lewin Diaz at first base. So that rounds out the top 10. Uh, Jake, thoughts on any of those guys? Well, I'm really curious to hear from Stoffer. I'm a big Braxton Garrett guy, and I understand the injury concerns and things like that. If I'm looking at your uh, bottom three pitchers here in Tier 2 of Garrett, Rogers, and Cabrera, I know they're all grouped in Tier 2 here. Uh, kind of the expectations you have for each of those guys developing as starters first off, and then the chance that each of them might be staples in the rotation one day down the road. You know, if Rodgers hadn't, or uh, Garrett hadn't had all those injury issues, he, he would be ranked ahead of Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But I still proceed with caution with him. And if he can, if he can stay on the mound, I'm telling you, they got something special brewing down there. And I love what they're doing with all their pitchers. They really seem to be setting them up for success and not overloading their arms. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big Garrett guy. And one more, uh, just if you can plug on, is it Misner or Meisner? I say Misner. I am not a wordsmith, so <laughs> I will defer to Scotty on that. I think Where, I'll have to do a little research while you guys are rapping about prospects here. <laughs> where would you, Stoffer, where would you recommend uh, maybe around what overall pick people should be targeting Misner in their first-year player drafts? If you pick him by the end of the first round you're not going to be sad i don't think um generally i've seen him go a lot in the beginning parts of middle to beginning of uh, round twos nice and then before we touch on on the mesas too i kind of want to turn it over to you and give you an opportunity to maybe look through tier three um and i always like to kind of pose it as a question which guys might rise up to that next tier this year so if I asked you to pick one guy from Tier 3, you could easily see jumping maybe to Top 10 or into Tier 2, something like that. Who would you say that would be? I know who he's going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm kind of torn on that. Um, 
I really like Victor Mesa Jr. I think I think there's something there, and he was kind of the throw-in on that Mesa signing, but I think he's got something brewing. But I think Peyton Burdock is is the guy that I uh, I got my prospect crush on. I guess you could say. Uh, he's a third-round pick, so he's he was drafted pretty high, but I still think he's got a huge ceiling. All right, I thought you were going to go with the pitcher who had a struggle of a year in 2019, and you got a lot of feedback <laughs> online about this guy in your top 50. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I do. Nick. Yes. Uh, Nadert. So uh, I, th- I, I think that I think he's got a really good chance to uh, – to move up these rankings this year. I think by the end of the year, he'll probably be in Miami, but I don't know. I, he's got a great live arm. I really just have a lot of concern with the whip. And yep. I know that he just had a bad year last year, but when you start getting those bad years and those higher levels of the minors, it doesn't translate very well. And that's why I dropped him down on my list. I took some flack for it and I'll take it. If he comes out and he comes out and he's a front ace rotation kind of guy. I'll be happier than anybody else, and I'll That's eat my awesome. crow. Okay. But Jake, fan, before so. we uh, go down to tiers four and five here, I'm going to point out one, one or two other players he's got in tier three here, and then I'll toss it over to you. Um, Stoffer Sterling Sharp was the third overall pick in the recent Rule Five draft. What? Do you think the system is looking at for Sharp this year, um, having selected him so high there? I think that he's going to come in and he's going to be he's going to compete for a bullpen spot. He's going to be kind of that mid that uh, long innings eater kind of guy that comes in in the third inning if the starter's getting shelled or if they need a fifth starter every now and then. I think he's going to be that role. Do you think that role is valuable for current ongoing dynasty league minors drafts to grab sharp? Maybe. And I say maybe because he could morph that position into becoming a back end starter. Um, That's really where the upside would be. If you could grab him, depending on your league and how deep it goes. Uh, If you're in round 15 and you're, you got sharp sitting there, a lot of of owners slept on him, but I think, It could be some. It could be a steal later on, and it might also have to do with the um, the stats and how the league is set up as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. One other uh, tier three that I just wanted to throw out there um, and and ask you about before uh, we toss it over to Jake is uh, getting uh, getting a lot of uh, talk that I heard towards the end of last year. Uh, Gerard and Canarcion, outfielder. You've got him ranked 13th right behind Peyton Burdick. Um, he made high A last year, and uh, you said the future looks really bright for the 22-year-old. And I think that is uh, all dependent on if he can work on his batting eye a little bit and get that on-base percentage up. I think that's the whole key for him right there. All right. Jake, anyone uh, tier three before we kind of try and dive down to tier four, five, and wrap it up with Stoffer? No, no, I think we covered uh, covered everybody uh, that might be on the rise there. I'm interested to hear the other side of this. Okay, Stoffer, anyone you want to point out from like the bottom half of your list as we look at tier four and five? You know, these are you know players that you you know might make the major leagues and have, uh, you know, kind of low ceiling, maybe middle reliever type of things, minimal impact. Uh, tier five maybe might not ever make the 40-man roster. Uh, you know, maybe they're just, uh, you know, shots in the dark at this point. Uh, one of the guys I got my eye on is uh, J.D. Orr. Um, and only because we try to do these prospect lists on a, um, a fantasy aspect, and stolen bases are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting 29 last year, and his on-base percentage was really high. And uh, if he can, you know, use his power, his gap power to get on base and cause havoc on the base pass, that could get him a role in the major leagues. And I have him ranked at 30 right now. Um, I could see if, you know, 
he comes out, he starts doing what he's supposed to do. I can see, you know, a little bit of advancement coming there for him. Yeah, 352, 469, 423 slash line, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, in his first professional season. Well, look uh, at that K rate versus the walk rate, too. That's another thing that I look at for a leadoff type hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, a name that I like, you've got 32nd. Um, he had a huge 2018. I was a nominee for one of our minor league relief pitchers of the year. Uh Got hit pretty hard in AAA last year, Tommy Evelt. I dropped him down on this list. I had him real high last year, and I proceeded with caution this year when I uh, decided to look at a relief pitcher again, and I ranked uh, Alex Vesia. Vesia? Vesia. At number eight. He was one of our, and he was one of our 2019 relief <laughs> pitcher nominees of the year for, for prospect of the year. So, no, I wouldn't be – I'm pretty sure a lot of people uh, grabbed him in first-year player drafts last year. Hopefully they didn't drop him to make roster spots. Um, he could come in, and I'm pretty sure this year they're going to give him a shot to compete in spring training. And if he wins a spot, he could be a surprise closer by the end of the year. He's got the arm for it, that's for sure. All right, Jake, I'll put you on the spot to wrap this segment up. Pick two guys from Stoffer's Tier 5 that you think will – be on the rise. Well, the first one's right at the top of it is Brian Miller, to be honest with you. Um, and it's funny because I was just scrolling through here and I was going to ask about uh, Chris Machma. I think that's how you say it, who is a 12th round, 12th round pick this year, 6'4 guy, um, who looks like he might have uh, a nice delivery, some nice stuff. And I was hoping to get a little more insight on him, too. Uh, really, the first time I've heard that name, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, tall pitchers. Um, they're a little uh, lanky when they throw, but once they figure it out, they have that downhill plane that's just really good. Um, he's a young kid, 18 years old. There's not a lot. I w- didn't find a lot on him, but what I did find uh, gives you the idea that he's going to not walk a lot of people. He's going to be about a K per nine kind of guy and kind of a competitor on the mound. So that's kind of what I look for in a tall pitcher. Stoffer number 47, Bryson Brigman. At one point, Scott, jump in here too. At one point, was Bryson Brigman a top prospect, or am I just imagining that? He might have been top 20 maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, I, you know what? Off the top of my head, I would need to look back at our our, our content and our list from the last couple of years, but... <laughs> I think it was in the Mariners. When I don't know, it might be one of those baseball card guys I held on to for a while. <laughs> speaking no, of baseball, speaking high. of baseball cards, I had this question for Stoffer. Number thirty-three on your list, uh, Tristan Pompey. Does he sign any baseball cards for uh, for people at the parks or uh, any anything that you know about with the hobby, Stoffer? Tristan Pompey autograph cards. I'm, I'm, I think I got a stack of them around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But you like that for the fans, so. Very, very good. All right. Well, that's been a really cool talk, and uh, we're diving deep here into our top 50 prospects this month uh, on Prospects 1500. Stoffer, let our listeners know where they can uh, find you on social media and uh, what you've got planned coming up over the next few months uh, kind of in, in reporting uh, on the site, and definitely make sure you hit me up for some jumbo shrimp media credentials. Oh, absolutely will. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Stouffer81, and uh, currently I'm working on an article uh, just outside the top 50, my uh, post top 50 12 pack, as I like to say. And I'm going to have uh, 12 guys that I wanted to put on my list. I just couldn't find room for the list for them. So that's uh, something to keep an eye out for. All right. Sounds good. Jake, uh, you want to? wrap it up and and uh then we'll uh, move on with uh, the next segment here on futures focus yeah absolutely stoffer we appreciate the time man definitely a much improved system we said from the top uh definitely a lot of changes via mainly via trade it looks like and uh hopefully it turns into some nice nl east battles down the road between your marlins and my braves all right man that's gonna be some fun right there All right. Thanks, Stoffer. Scott, you and me, we'll be right back with uh, Alex Sanchez to talk another exciting system, the San Diego Padres. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. Jake Barry back here with Scott Green. Scott, great Marlins conversation with Stoffer there, huh? Absolutely. You know, that was my first time to get a chance to talk to Stoffer. He's been, uh, you know, writing for the website for a couple of years now. He's uh, he's in a couple of our my Diamond Duos Dynasty leagues. He's a big baseball card collector. So to finally be able to uh, have a little conversation, talk his Marlins prospects, top 50, that was pretty cool. And now we're going to roll right on and we're going to move on to another great minor league system. And we have Alex Sanchez on with us to talk San Diego Padres prospects. Alex, welcome to Futures Focus. Thank you for having me on. I'm not going to lie. It's sort of a mini dream come true to be on a podcast here with <laughs> one of my favorite fantasy websites of all time. So I appreciate you guys having me on. That's awesome. We, we, you've kind of been, shall we say, a utility man for the website over the last year or so, haven't you? Absolutely. And it's it's helped a lot with my knowledge of some of these guys. And and I think it also gives me an idea of comparing systems, too, because I think you get stuck in yours and, you know, you're looking at your 29th guy on your list and this guy is so good. But then when you you get down to like some of the other teams, you're like, oh, wait, maybe this guy isn't t- quite 29th best, you know. And so uh, it's, it's proved to be very beneficial in learning some of these guys. But I do I, I must say these Padres are kind of where I um, I've, I think I've enjoyed my time the most. Awesome. Uh, and you are out in uh, Southern California, uh, more, more, uh, or closer, I should say, to some Dodgers uh, affiliates, but uh, happy to cover the Padres uh, from what you told me. Correct. I'm out here. I'm actually close five minutes to the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. And uh, of course, Elsinore plays there quite a bit. And then it's only about a 30 minute drive down the 15 to Elsinore. And I'm, I'm hoping to uh, check out their games quite a bit coming up. Awesome. Great. So before we dive deep into uh, this top 50 for San Diego, um, I wanted to just uh, let people know that our model that we're expecting for 2020, uh, Alex, you'll be kind of corresponding a little bit with uh, Eric Killian, who's been with us uh, pretty much since we launched the site a few years ago. Uh, Eric is, uh, is serving. He's overseas right now. So you basically put together the top 50 list uh, this this year, uh, but you'll both be doing content uh, covering the, the Padres minor league system, and that's just uh, a, a beneficial thing for all of us. But uh, tell us tell us a little bit about you, uh, you know, what you do, where you're from, what you're looking forward to covering this year, and then we'll just uh, head right uh, into looking at some of these kids. Sure. <laughs> I'm actually uh, a teacher and a coach right now. Uh, that's in my profession. And uh, I've been playing baseball my whole life. It was, uh, you know, kind of up until the college level, uh, I realized I'd probably be a better coach than I would a player. (laughs) So I decided to uh, hang up the cleats and kind of do that and uh, realized that the teaching profession would pay a lot more than me just coaching. So uh, I've kind of been doing that for the last 10 years or so uh, down here in Southern California. Um, I'm married. I have a, a, a sick daughter right now. She's but she is awesome. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more and more obsessed with this wonderful game called baseball, uh, especially with the, you know, these fantasy dynasty leagues out there and the prospect world. It's just like this cult following. And I, I'm just proud to be a part of it and hope that I can help some others out there and contribute. And uh, as far as, you know, stuff this year, I'm looking forward to is following, following these guys in person. You know, I've seen, I, a lot of systems and followed prospects. I don't often get to see them in person, but if I'm doing the Padres and as we'll see, you know, I got a lot of guys coming up to Elsinore that I'll be able to hopefully even maybe talk to and stuff like that. And that stuff just really gets me excited about, uh, about 2020. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, uh, the top of this minor league system, you know, as we do our tiers uh, with our rankings, You've got a couple players in tier one, a couple players in tier two, and then we'll get into tier three. C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams. Could you kind of flip-flop them? How did you decide who's number one, who's number two? Almost could have done 1A, 1B. 
Yeah. To be honest, I thought I'd get a lot more pushback for having Abrams number one. But from the people I've talked to, it's really just more getting excited about this kid. And to me, it's, it comes down to two simple reasons why I have him ahead of Gore. And it has nothing to do with I'm down on Gore or I hate Gore or anything like that. It's just that I really focus on the fantasy dynasty aspect of this when it comes to the list. And we're looking at a, you know, a middle infielder versus a pitcher. And so I'm always going to take the hitter when it's close. And uh, the fact that he's going to also provide some fantasy production in the category, the stolen bases that is becoming almost impossible to find nowadays. And it was, it just, it made sense for me to put him at number one. If it was a real life list, I'd probably switch the two. If we were looking at just MLB value and war and stuff like that, I could easily, uh, you know, I think I would have Gore number one. But if we're we're putting that da- dynasty twist into it, then a middle infielder check, fast check, going to be. Uh, he has a hit tool. He might develop some more power than we originally thought. And you have the makings of like a Jose Reyes, a Jimmy Rollins prime, and you know, to me, those guys are first round picks and in. in redraft leagues and definitely in dynasty leagues when they're young so it was difficult for sure um but it was fun to kind of you know rock the boat a little bit too at the same time cj abrams you say uh, is better than advertised and you're predicting an eta of 2022 so drafted in june of 2019 uh this could be three years or a little under uh from him seeing his major league debut yeah it's, it might be a little aggressive but i just think that there's a, a nice opening i think he's probably going to settle in there at second base maybe even center field uh for the padres not a lot of uh people blocking him especially with the urias trade he was such a good debut i mean if you you know 393 436 on base percentage he stole 15 bases the biggest thing was his K percentage. It was it was just so low, single digits, eight point eight point five percent. Young hitter, nineteen, doing that sort of stuff. It was just, I think, better than we we thought when he got drafted. I do, I do know a couple of Padres uh, that I fans that I talked to just they weren't crazy about Abrams when they drafted him, but they're they've all reversed course now. The video, he looks he's bigger than you think. He's not this like D Gordon type of guy like he's bigger than you think i think he's going to get some power i don't think it's 30 home run power but 15 to 20 and he's stealing 40 bases and he's hitting 300 and he's in the middle oh that's it's tier one it's just awesome (laughs) i was going to ask you if that 25 40 number you threw out in your right up there if that was uh realistic or just something you're dreaming on there yeah like okay so you know jimmy rollins mvp type of year does he do that every year no but would it would it surprise me if he if he ran into twenty five home runs in a juice ball type of environment? Sure, uh, it, it would not surprise me. Uh, yeah. I don't think he averages that. I think it would be more in the fifteen to twenty, maybe twenty. But uh, if he does somehow, you know, he, I could see a year with that for sure. Uh, and it, it's just fun to dream on. And you know what? You know what else I think is kind of fun about this system here? And yeah, it's deep. I mean, you just keep scrolling and you get down to the bottom and you say, yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. And you just keep on rolling. You guys can touch on Gore a little bit too. I don't want to just overlook him, but I think it's kind of neat that in tier one, we've got high athlete bat, solid pitcher. And then tier two, we have high athlete bat, solid pitcher there, a, a nice little note. And then a, a pretty solid deep three. But if you guys want to touch on Gore real quick, I just wanted to go ahead and throw that in there. Uh, yeah. Feel free to feel Alex. free to elaborate on McKenzie. Alex, before you uh, do a little blurb about Mackenzie Gore, I just want to be completely transparent with our our audience, our listeners, and we did make a change uh, at the very end of uh, what we had written about Mackenzie Gore here with the ETA. Can you touch on that? Sure. <clears throat> that was that was probably uh, an oversight on my part, just because I, I felt that you know with the the very short stint in Double A that he probably would take a little bit more time to get up, but then realizing, uh, talking to some Padres, especially on Reddit, I think that was the big one. These guys have been following him since he's been drafted and are like, they're talking to scouts and stuff like that. Made me realize that he's going to be up this year for sure. And so I didn't mind making that change. I'm no, I'm not trying to say that I'm the most 
expert Padres guy out here. So when I got some more information, it was it was a no brainer to go ahead and switch that. So yeah, I think I think they're both up. Patino being the other one, and Gore this year. Although again, it's baseball. We 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 made that comparison to Forrest Whitley, right? We all thought he was going to be absolutely in June. And now we don't even know if he's going to be up in 2020. So it's a crazy world. I like to be more conservative with these ETAs than aggressive to help. Because even if he comes up, right, I don't know how valuable he's going to be for fantasy this this year. Because he's probably going to have an innings limit. He's probably coming up late. He maybe gets, you know, gets thrown in the bullpen to be that weapon in the postseason. Who knows what could happen? So I don't want fantasy owners to come up. Look at the list, say, oh, Gore's up 2020. I'm going to get 35, you know, 30 starts out of him and, and just let's go. So that's that's kind of my thought process behind it. The two guys we've got in tier two uh, that you have, number three, Taylor Trammell, number four, Luis Patino. Let's touch on them. Absolutely. So Trammell is obviously the former Cincinnati Reds prospect that got traded um, in the uh, middle of the season. So it's fun to add him to tier two I, I i think he has tier one potential i mean i don't think anybody would doubt that he has tier one potential he just hasn't quite shown it since like 2017 when he had that mini breakout but you know you look at the stats and i mentioned this in the in the blurb too is that you know if we're complaining about a guy that's hitting 10 home runs stealing 20 bases at double a and walking over 12 percent of the time and we consider it really bad then you know you have something pretty special so the talent's there he had a really nice finish to the year in the playoffs and one of those maybe change of scenery type of things where he comes back next year and balls out. And then I think they got a tier one player here, but I'm not going to do that quite yet. And then, um, and then Patino again, I, I could have put Patino up even higher. It's the only thing that gets me a little scared. And I think this comes from the fact that I'm not a fan of the Padres per se. Like I'm not a Padres fan. I'm I'm just looking at these guys. He's he's six foot, and the history with six foot pitchers is just it's not as good as somebody like Mackenzie Gore, who's you know in the six three six four range. Sure, he could do it, and I think he he has a great chance. But the size just kept him out of tier one. That's the only question I have about him. It's probably going to be ending up a silly question in the long term, but I still have it. So he's there at number four for me. I don't- Go ahead. Go ahead. I think, you're, I think you're spot on. I'm kind of with you on Patino. I he's probably the one guy in the Padres system that I get the most, uh, you know, backlash whenever I tweet about him on Twitter, and and you know, people saving my my tweets for oh this this take's not going to age well. And I think Patino is an outstanding example of just because we're not as high on a guy in the industry doesn't mean we don't think he's going to turn out to be a solid pitcher you know like i think context and narrative and helium you know that's a great word to throw around kind of goes into some of this and i think what i'm hearing from you is is you and me are kind of on the same page with patino there we like the guy as a pitcher we're just not saying put all your eggs in that basket yeah and i'm going to probably say that for any pitcher too you know just because if you you know if you're 20 and you're throwing this hard if he throws hard it's almost what, – what do you think the percentage of, of Tommy John is nowadays with guys that are throwing 95-plus? Shoot, I'm saying over 50%. Right? So, I mean, one of these guys probably – I hate to say it, but probably is going to do it. And, uh, you know, the six foot four guy, he's – but it's so much to like, too, beyond that. He's athletic with his delivery. The arm is so lively. He's got four pitches. Like, it, there's so much to like. And I, I get what you're – you're getting some backlash, but you know, risk takes into play when, especially at this age, you know, 20 years old, a lot could happen. Before we uh, move on out of the top five here, one guy I really did want to touch on with you, Alex, was Luis Campusano. And mainly, I think it's because he's got a pretty solid offensive skill set, if you will, for a catcher. And I have a very specific question about him for you. Um, if he was, say, like an outfielder, maybe, take defense out of the equation, mm-hmm. would he be a legit offensive threat, or do we just think he's got a good offensive skill set because of the position he plays? Yeah, no, no. If he was an outfielder, he probably wouldn't be nearly this high. I, he wouldn't be. He, I don't even know if he would be Tier 3, to be honest. Uh, he, his stats look fantastic, but you have to remember, here in the Cal League, everybody's stats look fantastic. Uh the K rate's nice, it's low, but the reason why he's so high up is because of his defensive work is going to allow him to catch 
you know, 135 games a year, I'm pretty convinced. And with that, you're going to get the counting stats. And at, at the catching position in Dynasty, that's what you're looking for. That's it. So, yeah, very succinctly saying if he was an outfielder, he would not be nearly as high. It's the fact that he is a, a true two-way catcher in a industry that there are not too many. Totally off, well, not totally off topic here, but just a quick, you know, one sentence answer here. Do you guys ever factor in the fact that we might have robo umpires before too long? And do you ever factor that into ranking catchers? Because that's honestly something I think about. A lot of guys don't want to think about it until the day it happens. But sometimes I look at a guy and say, all right, yeah, he can stick at catcher. And then I stop and think to myself, how much does that really matter five years from now? So when I look at the catchers, I'm looking not so much at the framing. I'm looking more at his blocking ability and ability to limit the running game when I take defense into consideration. So that's a wonderful point that I hadn't thought of. And I think when we get more information about framing, and especially in the minor leagues, that that's definitely something to consider. But I'm looking at, you know, does he have a good pop time? Is he going to receive the ball well? Is he a liability behind the plate? And if he's if he's above average potential defensively, then you're going to get playing time. And that's fantasy stats. I have to jump in on this because we are leaning, skewing, if you will, our rankings to dynasty towards fantasy baseball. And when I'm reading about Campusano, I actually want to read about his offensive stats, his offensive potential, um, what his ceiling might be uh, for hitting, because that's what I need to know in my dynasty leagues. And I honestly don't really need to know about his pop time uh, for fantasy baseball. Although, of course, the Padres and Padres fans, they do want to know about that if he's going to you know, move up in the system and be one of the Padres everyday catchers one day. But I'm definitely looking at this, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, and that's the way that prospects 1500 uh, rankings were kind of designed. Right, but if he doesn't stay at catcher, it sounds like Alex thinks he loses his value. Absolutely, his bats, you know, it's going to be good. I, I, but I don't think it's going to be as good as we are looking at if we look at the 2019 stats. You know, a 324 average. I don't think the hit tool is quite there. The walk rate is pretty good, um, and the power. If you look at his swing, it just doesn't look like he's a this 15 home run power hitter guy. Um, it just it looks more like you know maybe maybe 15 if he played a, a full season in the big leagues. But we're not talking like 30 home run power. Um, the biggest value I, what I'm doing with defense is that if he has great, you know, if he's staying behind the plate and he's playing a lot, and you know you have to. There's I mean there's not too many fantasy catchers out there that that play a lot. I mean right. JP Romuto because you know those type of guys that's who you want at catcher. If not then you just kind of stream catchers right at this point. So you don't want to he's a, a a guy that you wouldn't have to stream and that's that's nice. Yeah. Well, and while Aaron, defense doesn't necessarily help us with our statistics, I think it is something that I factor in myself because I, I you know I think a guy staying at a position has a lot to do with it too. So I didn't want to dwell on that too long but yeah, you know, if, if uh, you know, him sticking at catcher and those pop times and things like that help him stay there, it sounds like it helps his fantasy value to me. Uh, Scott, I've got one guy outside the top 10 in particular I want to ask, uh, ask Alex about, so I wanted to turn it back over to you and see if there's anybody else to round out the top 10 you had. Well, there has to one thing on Campusano, I know that Alex loves him because midseason 2019 he was ranked 15th and Alex has him at number 5. So that's a big jump. I Boom. can't go. In, I can't go any further without number six, Hudson Head. No, please don't. <laughs> um, I, um, I I've been in a couple first year player draft mocks uh, over the last month or two, and uh, you know I've seen Hudson Head, you know, go anywhere from you know early to mid second round to um, you know third round, maybe even I don't even think he's dropped into the fourth round recently. Uh, I've had to reach a little bit to get him in a couple. So a um, lot of talk about this kid, right, Alex? Oh, my God. I love him. He's my favorite in the system besides, obviously, the, the studs. Um, we're talking five tools. We're talking dominated at every level. The, the only knock on him is that he, hasn't, he hadn't played you know, tougher competition. That was always the big knock going into the draft. And then he has a 2019 debut where he hits 283 and you know on-base percentage 382 
hits a home run. I mean, not a lot of at-bats, steals three bases, just has a great debut for a guy that's never faced stiff competition. And so that, to me, was, okay, all systems go, because I think we have a Drew Waters type of player here. And he's not a switch hitter, obviously, but he's going to do a lot of things really, really well. I don't know if I I would recommend doing a first-round, first-year player draft, but um, early second round, I think, is totally fine with me for him. He's going, I'm really, really high on him. You know, it's kind of funny. I think early on in draft season, he was the guy I was looking at, maybe him and Corbin Carroll from time to time. They were the two guys early, early on in draft season I was looking at, you know, in mocks and saying, dang, that was a steal where they got Hudson Head. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Uh, they gave him a big signing bonus, so I'm, I'm pretty sure they floated him down. I mean, there might be a Padres fan out there that's correcting me on that. but um, So you float him down a little bit. But, yeah, he he might be the steal of the draft. Um, I mean, the third round pick is still pretty high, but uh, he's a lot to like about him. He's very he's got a lot. He's got to grow a little bit. He's a little skinny if you've watched some videos of him. But the bat is alive. It's very, very fast. And uh, he's fast. And he, can, he has a cannon. Like, he has, does everything. And that's, like you said, Scott, we're not worried about the defense. But, man, if he's a center fielder and, and doing everything for you, you're going to want him on your team. I'm going to run through the rest of Alex's top ten, uh, getting into the uh, teens as we roll down to tier four. Uh, after Hudson Head, uh, number seven, Edward Olivares, outfielder. Number eight, Gabriel Arias, second base. Number nine, left-handed pitcher Ryan Weathers. Uh, ten, you've got your shortstop slash right-handed pitcher, two-way uh, athlete, Jake Cronenworth, who'd come over from the Rays in that trade. Uh, Eleven, uh, is it Michael or Michelle? Michael Michelle. Baez. Michelle, Michelle. Baez. Mm-hmm. Twelve, Hudson Potts. Thirteen, uh, Adrian Morjohn. And 14, Owen Miller. And that wraps up your Tier 3. Uh, so, Jake, you know, before we look at the uh, the rest of Alex's list, there's some really good uh, prospects right there in that group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking particularly about Baez, 11 is still a hell of a place to be in the system. But, Alex, what contributed to him falling from 5 in the midseason rank? Uh, you know... That you're right. I think it's more. It's again. It's more of these guys ahead of him. I just really, really like. Um, and with Baez, the he he's in the bullpen and he did very, very well in his debut. And I'm a little, little worried that he's they just keep him there because they have so many arms that when you know Kirby Yates is is gone in a year or two. I believe next year he's, is his last year, or this year might be his last year. And then, you know, why wouldn't he become the closer? And so fantasy closer, starter, it bumps him down a little bit. But I, I think that's a 50-50 chance right now. So it, it might be a good time to actually buy him, even though I have him 11, because there might be a, a, an owner out there that thinks he is staying in the bullpen. And then in that case, if he moves back to the starting rotation, you might have something really, really special. Yeah. And then one other guy I wanted to touch on here, too, um, in tier three was Owen Miller. From what I read on Owen Miller, it sounds like he's got uh, he's got some nice wheels on him, but it hasn't really translated to stolen bases. So kind of wanted to get your idea of kind of what you expect of him at the major league level. Maybe a utility guy or you think uh, he's got some other tools that will carry him to a starting role? No, to me, he's the guy that is going to get, you know, 400 to 500 at bats, but he's not going to be considered your starter. He's going to float around the infield. I'm, I'm sure he could play the outfield, too, if he needed to. He's your utility guy. He's the guy that's going to come in late in games. He's going to pinch hit. He's going to start when, you know, you need your guys to have a day off. And he's going to hit, and he's going to field well. Not going to – maybe a little bit of pop. And you're right, the stolen bases – He's supposed to be above average there, just hasn't shown up. So maybe that's not a big part of his game. But he's a guy I think championship teams uh, in real life would love to have as, you know, their their 10th guy, so to speak, uh, that comes in and plays a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? We've got our sponsors knocking on the door uh, pretty loudly here. Um, that's just a joke, by the way. Um, I, we do have a few more minutes left, and I'd like to have – uh, you point out, Alex, if you will, I think some of these J2 international signings um, throughout the rest of your lists, uh, and then anyone else that you might think could be some, you know, 
pretty decent risers over the first half of the year, and we see them uh, improve their ranking position on on the midseason list. Yeah, and I think it's a good time to note here that the Padres may be the best organization when it comes to J2 signings. They just hit it out of the park seemingly every single year. So there's a lot here. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't sign the, you know, the uh, Dominguez or Eric Pena or like those elite J2 guys this year. But if there's a tier two, they signed a bunch of those types of guys. Um, the first being Reginald uh, Preciado, a shortstop, uh, very good looking switch hitting middle infielder. Uh, swing is smooth. So when I looked at these guys, uh, the other guy I'm going to refer to, Ishmael Menya, another guy. Uh, J2, very similar, but I just think Preciado's swing is a little bit more refined. And as a switch hitter, if it's refined now, I think the the ceiling's a little bit higher. But honestly, we're talking 16-year-old kids. Who knows what's going to happen? My best piece of advice here is to probably just try to get one or two of these on your team. It doesn't really matter who they are. If you even go back a year to Junior Perez, uh, he had a great debut as well. Just one of these guys is going to hit, right? I just don't know exactly who, but I ranked him in the order of who I, I would think, but it's really anybody's guess at this point. All right. Uh, very good. I also love, you've got him up at the, really the top of tier four. Uh, he had a great 2019, uh, Joey Cantillo. Cantillo is one of those guys that when, uh, when I interact with Padres fans, is they, oh, they want him to be higher. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was 27th last year, jumped up to 16th this year. Uh, yeah. So it's already a big jump. Uh, he had a fantastic 2019. There's no doubt. He's really, really big. He's a big, sturdy left-hander, throws a lot of strikes. It's just that the velocity is not quite where you would think a guy with his size would be. He's still like 89, 90, although at the end of the year, he was getting to 91, 92. Um, I have some reports, too, saying that he knows it. Like, he knows he needs to add velocity, and that's what his focus is going to be on. And if he adds the velocity, then we're talking frontline starter here. But uh, it just hasn't quite happened yet. But 20 years old, a lot of time, left-hander, big. I mean, struck out 144 guys in 111 innings. So imagine if he adds four miles per hour, three miles per hour. It's nuts. So a lot to like with him. Just I need to see a little bit more velo, and he's top. 10, maybe top five even next year. I have one last loaded question for you here. Will yeah. we see a healthy full season ever again from Anderson Espinoza? Oh, God, I want him to, to do well. I really do. The stuff is just so good, but that might be his downfall. Like maybe his arm just can't handle what it's capable of, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But he throws so hard. It's such a quick motion. Uh, I, I, if he was healthy, even if he was off of one Tommy John surgery, he's nowhere near 34. You know, we're talking top 15, but with that second Tommy John, I, I, I don't know if he can, if he has the ability to stay healthy, but yeah, you want him to, you want yeah. him to, because it's electric, the stuff's there and it's been successful too, when he has pitched. So there's second best. Second best pitch is a changeup too. You don't often see that from those guys that throw that hard. It's usually a fastball slider type combo. Yeah, with his arm action, it's it's equally deadly. Like it, you don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you would hit it, but just you just got to stay on the mound, and, and that's easier said than done in his case. Guys, I know we're I know we're up against it, but I got to get one more in here if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna I was gonna say I know that one of your favorite prospects is a little further down the list in tier five. But I'll you go first, then I'll I'll close with that. Well, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, I'll I'll leave that one to you because I got one one more guy in tier four that is uh, my prospect crush in the Padres system. He's he's a Barry's baseball favorite. I won't rank him up there with Jaseel De La Cruz and Trey Harris quite yet, but he's getting up there. He's almost tier one Barry's baseball prospect for me. To Supita Marcano, I probably butchered it. We're gonna go with number fifteen on Alex's list, Marcano. Alex, I'm in love with this guy right here. I need you to either, A, tell me to hang in there with him <laughs> along the grind, or B, break up with him. Well, I don't know how high you're expecting him to go in terms of a dynasty fantasy asset because the power is just never going to be there. He's, uh, he's clearly a contact 
slap hitter type of guy with a lot of speed. So I don't know if you're expecting him to develop into like 25 home run potential. And if that's the case, then I would say slow down. But if you want a nice hitter that's going to, you know, hit 30, uh, you know, hit 300 and maybe steal 30, 35 stolen bases and he's going to play, you know, probably defensively up the middle, shortstop, second base. And yeah, he's your guy for sure. Yeah, I think I think I see something very different, especially after he grows into that that frame of his too. Absolutely, the frame is there, and you you, you would hope that it comes. Um, I I I still hold out hope that he could for sure. Uh, but yeah, elite tools if he could build into that uh, to that frame of his for sure. But look at the the K rate too. Also suggests that he's you know eight point nine percent. He's not trying to. Hit the ball out of the yard. He's, he he knows what he's good at right now, and so we'll see what he what he can do. Sure, yeah, great great plate approach too. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. Well, Jake, I know why you've got a prospect crush on Marcano because it's the name and the the tier five guy uh, who I know that you love uh, is the name. It's the name that should make the big leagues. It's Henry Henry solely okay. for the name. And, solely. Yeah. <laughs> I know Alex is just dying to tell us what he feels about Henry Henry. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you <laughs> moved really him up in the name. rankings. You went from 46 to 42. I know. Um, he is probably a reliever um, to me. And with when he gets into the pen, the, the stuff gets a little bit better. Um, I just don't. The strikeout rate is what's concerning to me. I, I mentioned this in the site, too. Uh, just, you know, 80 K's in, in 81 innings isn't what I necessarily want my, my <laughs> reliever of the future to do, but, um, great name. I just want to, I just want to see what happens if he makes the big leagues with that name. Absolutely. I know that, uh, our Cal league correspondent, uh, Gail Verderico is a big, uh, Mr. Henry fan as well. Might be because of the name also. <laughs> so, Alex, thanks so much for uh, joining us, uh, Talk Padres, Prospects. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you on social media, uh, what, uh, what baseball card product you're going to be ripping into next, <laughs> and, uh, and, and hopefully that your, your, uh, your daughter uh, you know, is feeling much better here soon. Yeah, I appreciate that. And the card collecting is all your fault, <laughs> for sure. That's, uh, you've gotten me into that. <laughs> But uh, you can find me on Twitter. I think Twitter is probably the best way. It's Alex underscore W underscore Sanchez. Um, that's going to be the, the fastest way to get a hold of me. I don't do much of the other stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, Padres system, fun to talk about. I mean, I feel like we barely even scratched the, stir- the surface. We didn't get to talk about Cronenworth, you know, the guy that's going to be pitching and playing shortstop for the Padres. That's going to be nuts. So I would here. love would love to see a follow up on Cronenworth maybe over the next couple months here as we get closer to the season from you. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'll be definitely following him closely because uh, he might be a better, you know, a real life thing than he would be a fantasy thing. But man, he is he's going to be you're going to be <laughs> it's going to be fun to have him on your team if you're a Padres fan. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Alex. Uh, we'll be talking to you down the road. Uh, and Jake, great job so far uh, and, and on the episode uh, this time around. Uh, we will be back uh, to wrap up this episode of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast, right after this. Okay, back to wrap things up here on episode 11 of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. What a great show we had. Awesome talking with Stoffer about the Marlins and Alex about his San Diego Padres top 50. Jake, as always, uh, appreciate having him with me as a co-host here on Futures Focus. And we are going to do several more uh, as we get further on into our top 50 prospects month and then as we get closer uh, into spring training in the near future. So once again, I want to thank Alex. I want to thank Stoffer, Jake, my co-host. I'm Scott Green and you can catch us next time right here on 
Prospects 1500's Futures Focus podcast.